Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. It is our pleasure to welcome to the program, as is the case every Tuesday here on the show, ladies and gentlemen, the voice of the blues. And you'll hear it tonight right here on 101 ESPN, Blues and Flames, Chris Kerber. Morning, Kerbs. Jim, good morning. How are you? Wonderful, sir. How are you doing? Doing awesome, thanks. Good to be back in St. Louis after the road trip, and what a road trip it was. Three and one and beating the caliber of teams that they beat. Uh, what stands out to you from, from that trip that can potentially carry over into this now long homestand? Well, I, I think they, when they had success on that road trip, then they, uh, I mean, it, they, here's a, they lived an entire road trip of hockey cliches. Okay, they they simplified their game when they played well. They got the puck in deep. They crashed the front of the net. Special teams were key, and they stayed out of the box. Like if if you, you know, if if Doug Vaughn on TMA went on one of his cliched hockey rants, he probably would have touched upon every single one of the keys to success over this road trip. And when they didn't do it, they didn't do it against a bad Montreal team, and it cost them two points. Yeah. Yeah, that is. You know what? You can sum it up pretty quickly, just just like that. The thing that I, that stands out to me, and I would imagine this was the case for a number of Blues fans. I voiced it myself. You're like, okay, the team's kind of been middling throughout the course of the season. Now Tarasenko and and O'Reilly are out to join Krug, and now you got to go play in Toronto. You got to go play in New Jersey, and then after the, the Saturday game in Montreal, you got to go play in Minnesota. This might be the time where the page starts to turn, and the and the team starts to turn toward looking to some kind of restructuring the trade deadline and so on and look at the way they responded uh i mean you've seen it from a couple of guys specifically i mean grice specifically on sunday night but brendan sodden and, and Braden shen have been absolutely incredible over the last week so to their credit they met adversity they faced it head-on a great state a great, great opposition on the road and they certainly overcame it brandon Sod had a very benign i think uh first 25, 28 games of the season. I think in the first 28 games or so, um, had seven goals, three assists, 10 points. And in the last six, has seven points. And I, I thought that with those two forwards out in O'Reilly and Tarasenko, Brandon Saad was going to be a real key piece on whether or not this team was going to have success. It wasn't that they needed him to score more. Yet yeah, with those guys out, more goals is going to be helpful. But I I think there just needed to be more impactful play, and he's doing it. Uh, he looks a little bit. He looks like he's skating better. Uh, he's making plays with the puck. So there's some. I, I think his play has been real critical. I think Braden Shen back at center is. And and look, I, over the years that Braden Shen has been here, the Blues have tried have played him at wing at different times because they've been deep. There, I don't. In my opinion, I don't think it's been close in the quality of play you get from Braden Shen when he's a centerman versus a winger. He's just that much better for this team at center. And so putting him back at center and knowing that he's getting some of those O'Reilly caliber matchups, I think has been 
has been good for them. And then, you know, th- then you just put Ivan Barbashev. And, and I really don't think the St. Louis Blues have another player in the organization like Barbashev, which to me makes him why you're starting to hear his name be a valuable name to be talked about if the trade deadline comes along and the Blues really aren't in it. Or, two, while you're the St. Louis Blues, you might really want to consider re-signing this guy, even if you got to pay him a little more because he's a UFA. And the reality of it is, is I, I think he could end up getting 20 goals again. But if he doesn't and, and he gets you in the area of 15 goals and 40 points, I'm not looking for that 26-goal, 60-point season from him every year. But, but if he does that, he can penalty kill. He can play the power play. He can play anywhere in your lineup, up and down. Um, and, you know, maybe Jake Neighbors becomes that next guy like that. Uh, but right now, I don't know that you got anybody else like Ivan Barbashev in this lineup for me. So I, I think that, uh, uh, to me, that, that line has really, really been key. We are at the midpoint of the season. The Blues have played seven fewer home games than they have on the road, although they have played better to date uh, on the road. Now you will get seven straight home games, and it starts with a big week here, back-to-back against the Flames tonight and Thursday night. And the Flames are leading the wild card standings. The Oilers are right there, and the Blues are lurking as well. How would you give the state of the playoff race from the perspective of the St. Louis Blues at this point in the season? Well, I'll answer that in a second, but I'm driving down to the rink and I saw a big poster on the side of Chaffetz Arena that said the Judds are coming to perform. I didn't even know they were still performing. And it says final tour. Uh, Jackson, that's a, the Judds. That's, that's just something I did not think I would be seeing this morning and going, <laughs> I didn't know they were still touring. Sorry. Hey, hey, listen, my ADHD kicked in a little bit on me there. There's nothing wrong um, with that, sir. I enjoy a good HD uh, non sequitur. Are they performing? I guess they're still performing together. All right. Um, anywho, well, they'll be at Chavitz Arena sometime coming up, folks. There's a big banner on the building. Um, the uh, What was the question? <laughs> Clip that off. <laughs> I was making the observation on the Flames status in the uh, wild card oh, race yeah. and the Blues status in the wild card race and uh, this uh, homestand being the opportunity, especially since they play the Flames in back-to-back games. Your analysis where the Blues fit in. Because I feel like so many texts I get here, Curves, are people going... Well, I just don't think they're really good, but yet there they are lurking in in the playoff picture. And I guess maybe what people are saying is, I don't think this is a team that has the pieces, especially considering what the injury situation is, to make a deep run. And so that's a bit of the conundrum with the 2022-2023 St. Louis Blues. You know what? Where are they? Who are they? Look, I, I wish... I'm going to say this as a big generality. I wish sports fans actually had a clue. Like, it would actually be, wouldn't it be great if sports fans actually understood sports? Like, if they actually understood the point of a season. You look at, you look at both, like, the Western Conference right now, I, I think whatever eight teams make the playoffs, it's not, it shouldn't shock anybody that the eighth seed could win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 last year at this time, we would have gone, well, I mean, whoever gets in there, they're going to have to beat Colorado, and there isn't that team lurking there right now. Right. I see what you're saying. No. But no, that, that's exactly right. But you also play a season's worth of hockey. Okay? You don't play you – know, you, you don't have to know exactly what you have after 30 games. You don't have to try and break down and sit there and say, geez, what are they going to be after 10 games? You've you got to play the whole season. And the 2019 Blues did that. Now, look, I understand that that is more of the anomaly. Okay? But there, there is a reality. 
And the reality of it is, is you just got to find a way to get yourself in. And, and, and then you go. And, and this team has met with a bunch of different adversity. I mean, holy cow, they're on – I mean, they called up their 10th defenseman. And this was a guy that, that – so the 10th defenseman on the roster this year is a guy you traded Clint Costin for, you know, with, with the Edmonton Oilers. Like, to me, you just got to relax and enjoy the season a little bit. You've got two great games here against Calgary. Now, you got to make some hay here. So, Calgary, you're right. The, 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 the Flames are sitting four points ahead of you in the standings. So these two head-to-head games are absolutely enormous when it comes to trying to, you know, put the squeeze on them. But if the Blues get a win tonight and Colorado were to lose to Florida and they're at home against Florida and the Blues were to get a win tonight, the St. Louis Blues would actually officially take over that second wild-card spot. And and that's the journey of the season, and that that's the part that happens. So when I say get a club, like, I mean, like, it just – each individual game doesn't make or break it. It, re- it really is, is the whole thing there. So the key right now is, is playing better on home ice, don't play and relax, playing with desperation, you know, and continuing to build what you've built. I think there's only been three regulation losses in the last 14 games for the Blues. That means you're earning points. It means you're getting wins. Now it also means you haven't really made up a lot of ground, which is crazy. If you look at the last 15 games, you go back – It'd be 15, uh, uh, 16 games ago now. They played the New York Islanders, put seven on them, won the game. They were 11 points out of first place. Since then, they've only lost three games in regulation, and they're 11 points yeah. out of first place. It shows you how hard it is to climb. But, um, I mean, I, I, the standings watching is fun. I just you, you got to just take each one of these battles and enjoy the ride for it. I guess, I guess to, to, I'm not playing devil's advocate. I think there's a different set of circumstances. We talked a little about this with Jeremy Rutherford yesterday. You had one UFA in, in 2019. So the whole dance surrounding the turning the page, especially with Doug Armstrong addressing the media during the losing streak in early November, because of O'Reilly's situation, because of Tarasenko's situation. And as you mentioned, now you start to hear a little bit about Barbashev as well with the three UFAs. There may feel like for those who are hardcore fans, a decision needs to be made as to who this team is because Doug Armstrong is going to have to make a decision. So that perhaps is yeah. the, the apples and oranges element of it. What do you think about that part? Well, there, it is, except that this is that inside sports thing I was talking about. Doug Armstrong met with the ownership group in 2019 prior to the turnaround and said, look, we're going to go one of two ways. We're either going to turn this around and we're going to see the team that we thought we had and put together uh, and, and be fine, mm-hmm. or we're going to have some decisions to make. And if you go to the year before when they missed the playoffs by the one point on the last day of the season against in that game against Colorado, yep. you go to that. Remember, they traded Paul Stastny yep. at the deadline, and the Blues were just on the, the, the precipice there of a playoff spot. Yep. Yep. And I think they were one point out at that time and or, or somewhere right in there. And Doug Armstrong just didn't like the feel of the team. And, and in the end, you ended up missing it. Now, you're right. You didn't have a whole lot of roster turnover there, although they chose to in that offseason with the signing of, of Peron, the signing of Bozak, the trade that sent Saboka and Berglund out and brought in O'Reilly. This year, it is a little bit different. There is some angst. And it's not just because you're trying to figure out exactly what does this team have. It's because you're talking about potentially watching three other pieces of what was your Stanley Cup team just a few years ago end up leaving via trade or free agency. So that, that part in and of itself feels very differently. I still believe, look, look I, I believe this firmly. I call, it, I call it situational maturity. And I don't care what the sport is. 
Cardinals have been dealing with this with young outfielders and, and pitchers. And right? Youth does not win in sports without some level of veteran presence. So if you're going to let O'Reilly go or move him or Tarasenko and Barbashev, and don't forget Mikola is an unrestricted free agent too. That's an interesting one to watch as they try to assess his, where he's at in his career. You look at all those, those things to me, Tim, and you're like, okay, so you're clearly turning this over. Braden Shen, Colton Pareko become the, the, the real leaders of this team. And, yes, Justin Falk and, and Letty and Krug and those guys are still around. But from that cup team, those are your guys with, with Jordan Bennington. But if you're going to rely on a Jake Neighbors or a Zach Bogut comes in, maybe next year. Uh, you've got guys that have to learn the culture of this organization that has been a winning culture over the last 10 years. That, that comes with growing pains. And, frankly, what you're seeing this year is some of those growing pains. There was a line change in that last game that would have driven Alexander Steen absolutely batty. Okay, follow. I'm on a roll here. Yeah, I, right. I, the audience I, is I enjoying it now. They're now they're buying into a Stanley Cup run. By the way, those are the texts I'm getting. Yeah, that's well. Okay, hey, good. You don't want to raise expectations too much, but <laughs> but, but, but these are these are the little things. Okay, the Blues are in that second period against Minnesota. I believe it was the second period. On the ice with about, oh, a minute and a half to go, maybe a minute and 15 seconds to go, is the Thomas butchnevich Kairu line. They don't really get the puck in deep. Minnesota starts to come up to the blue line. Butchnevich goes to the bench, and he's probably halfway, you know, along the blue line to the bench. But he's not skating hard to the bench for a quick line change. At this point, he kind of glides. Well, that prevents Barbashev from jumping on right away. When Barbashev came over the boards, he's got a haul butt back because Minnesota's entering the blue zone. They've got it just in between the penalty boxes and the blue line. So he's got to get back. At the same time, Kairou turns to go to the bench and similarly doesn't haul butt back to the bench, right? And so that, that, those, that those little things on a slower line change, now those, the guys that came over the board, that conscious line, Shen, Sod, you know, Barbashev, they're all of a sudden defending. They get the puck out of the zone, but it was just a clear to get it out to regroup, and then Minnesota came back in. And they actually were about one second away from a buzzer shot that could have gone in to tie the game. And, and to me, that all happened because the one line didn't put the other line in a good spot with not only when they changed, but how they changed. To me, when you had the veteran nature of Steen, O'Reilly, those guys – those are the little details that they bring to them that are the difference in winning those one-goal games or maybe being tied and a lot more stress. And that, to me, is that situational maturity that the younger guys for this Blues team are still growing through over the course of this season. That is a nice, nuanced observation there from uh, what wound up being a great win. But, yeah, those kinds of things, and you're exactly right, that's the kind of thing that drive a guy like Steen up the wall. Blues and Flames tonight. You can hear Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale right here on 101 ESPN. Pre-game, 6 p.m., Blues and Flames tonight. Blues and Flames on Thursday. And then the Blues and the Lightning coming up on Saturday to start this homestand. Curbs, always enjoy the visit. Thanks so much for the time, sir. You got it, guys. Have an awesome day. You too. Thanks, That's Chris Kerber with us here on 101 ESPN. All right, Jackson, I am uh, deep teasing here. Would you like to be teased? I always like to be teased. The NFL and honesty called into question in a thorough report going back to the DeMar Hamlin incident. I'll have that story for you next. Because I know the NFL and honesty in St. Louis, it's like, oh, no, they're honest. No, I might, I, might, I might open some eyes here with this. That's next on 101 ESPN.